Knock, knock, who's there? It is the 2017 NBA Draft Lottery Reaction Show from the Corner 3, Episode 39. As always, I am one of your hosts, Alex Derrickson. Joining me this week is the hoop and the harm, Mr. Tim Daniel. How are you doing? Alex, I've said it. We need it to happen now. We know that the Timberwolves are picking. De'Aaron Fox, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns. Let's just bring this bandwagon home. You think, you think, you think Fox will be there in seven? I, mean, I don't. All right. Well, let's save the rest of that explanation. <laughs> we have a whole show to do. We're like 30 <laughs> seconds in, and we're already jumping in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're returning this week to my team king, Mr. Sean Mackey. You know, we don't want to give away the results. You know, like it took a half I mean, it took a half hour for them to give away the results of this. We need to keep our results to the end of the show. You have to keep listening. We're just going to hold this out for 10 minutes and just save it for the last 10 minutes. We're That's not right. Gonna discuss it. We're just going to read right. the results. We're going to be like, 10, who you got? Nine, who you got? It's like, <laughs> all right, well, guess what? You've probably already read this online, but 14, Miami, 13. So but before we get into the lottery, we have a couple things on the playoffs to recap. Again, this is the Corner 3 podcast. It does post every Friday, except for for this week because it's a special occasion happy birthday to whoever's birthday it is when you listen to this and <laughs> it does post on itunes stitcher and google play each and every week it is a conversational nba podcast and it is my favorite thing to do each and every week to hang out with the two of you i'm excited Aww. we're kind of like we're we're, we're in the fake off season we yeah. can start like talking about the future for the teams that aren't that good unless you're boston which again we'll get to in a second but to kind of recap on what we've missed in the playoffs the last couple of weeks, uh, the Eastern Conference semifinals are finally fucking finished. So I'm excited. I can I my my fatigue and my malaise has been lifted. Uh, Boston has advanced to the right to probably lose to Cleveland in five to seven games. We'll touch on that in a second. And uh, Golden State came back with a hearty hearty game one against the Spurs. Sans Kawhi Leonard for part of that. So I want to jump into that first because that seems to be a bit of a hot button issue. Zaza Pachulia kind of undercut Kawhi Leonard on a bit of a jump shot while the Spurs had a pretty good lead. And while everyone talks about the Spurs comeback, not a lot of people are talking about how they got that comeback as, as one person put it on Twitter. So I want to present this question to the two of you. Zaza Pachulia undercutting Kawhi Leonard on that jump shot by putting his foot under him. Intentional or just reckless slash careless? Mm, I will say reckless, but I'll say it's pretty close. I think what makes me a lot of people wonder is if you see like his eyesight before his last step. Um, that's where, you know, where a lot of people are getting that thought process. And sure, I don't think necessarily think Zaza Pachulia is a dirty player. I don't think he's a good player, but I don't think he's a dirty player. Um, <laughs> I mean, he was almost an all-star if they didn't install the, the uh, old NBA Electoral College. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. But, I mean, if you think about it, like, this isn't the first time we've gone through this with Zaza. One, especially against the Spurs, as, as Popovich pointed out in his awesome, incredible, epic rant he had yesterday. He almost broke Kawhi Leonard's arm. tear this week. He almost broke Kawhi Leonard's arm at one point. Uh, he got into it with his own teammate and David West. This isn't the first time that Zaza's done things like this. And if Greg Popovich doesn't like you and doesn't want you on his team, that's saying a lot because that guy turns a lot of people into stars. That is true. Sean, how are you feeling about what Zaza did there? I think uh, Zaza Pachulia is probably one of the most uncoordinated big men in the NBA. So I don't really know what to think. Accidents? I don't know. And I, 
I mean, I'm not trying to generalize. I don't do that. But I do, but I, I'm not going to right now. But European players tend to play kind of dirty. All right? I'm just, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I mean, one of my favorite players of all time is Andres Nocioni. Everybody knows this from, from the Bulls' mid-2000s. And he was one of the dirtiest players to play. I mean, he was just dirty, and he, and he talked back and stuff. And a lot of them are like that. And I think that's that's what it is. You know, I had I had a girlfriend who had a dad who was on a, a certain European Olympic soccer team, and he was he ended up getting control of a children's soccer team and taught them how to play dirty, and he got kicked off from being coach. <laughs> so I think it's just instilled. Oh, oh, Sean, Sean, yes, I have no news. Yes. I, I own you for 13, 15, 14 years. I, I don't remember. I think 15 years at this point. How okay. have I never heard this story? I don't know. I've known, you for, I, I've known you for 15 years, and I lived with you for six of them. <laughs> and I've never heard that. It's a true story. It's a true story. So, um, but, but, yeah, I, I, feel like, I feel like it's kind of instilled to play a little bit dirty. And I, you know what? Over there, it's probably not even looked at like that. It's just play tough, you know, scrap, you know, whatever. But, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm... I, I was thinking Tim was immediately going to say it was a dirty play, so I give you props for not saying that, Tim. Well, I mean, to further your go point, ahead, Tim. does that mean Draymond Green's European? He is the most European of all players right now. Are you kidding me? How American is it to can just all, only exclusively kick people in the dick? That's I know. True. I know. That that, I know. that is. That is so American. I mean, I mean, Rodman started the trend with the cameraman back in '97, '98. I right. mean, and, and Draymond just—he's continuing the tradition, but trying to do it, you know, on the greatest players of all time. So <laughs> I think Draymond—I think Draymond has kicked more people than us in Shogun Hua. Oh dang! Pulled in some MMA references there. Yeah. Ooh, man. So. Uh, like I said before, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna state my stance on this, and I kind of want to move on because I really do want to make the bulk of this about the lottery here. Because there's, there's, there's a lot to talk about here. There's some funny things, some funny ha-has, funny rain men. So, <laughs> <laughs> with, I, I, I feel initially I kind of thought it was intentional, but then like you watch it and you watch it slower or whatever, and and like Tim, you mentioned, uh, you kind of see his eyes drift over at Kawhi. He takes that extra step, and he he keeps his sh- eye on the shot for the most part. I think he was just kind of close the shot out a little more, and it was just a a kind of a careless circumstance. Uh, with that being said, game two is tonight while we're recording this. It's happening right now. Kawhi Leonard is out, so there is a high chance that Golden State will take, as ESPN put it, a commandy 2-0 lead, which I've never really heard before. Uh, but yeah, so how are you guys feeling about this series before we before we move on to the East here? Alex, it's over. Already? I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge put up 40. Yeah. He's, he is in the most important series of his career, but, and he's he's finally played at, like, it's the playoffs. But right, but he is option one and two right now. No Kawhi, no Tony Parker. Paul Gasol, Gasol has not been that good in this series. Um, Jonathan Simmons has played well. We all know I'm on the Jay Simmons train, but yeah. um, I don't think that LaMarcus Aldridge, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Jonathan Simmons are going to be enough to beat the Warriors. <laughs> 
I don't disagree with you, and I just hope Kawhi's back by game three. Sean, what's your take on the series? Uh, I, I don't think it's over at all yet. Um, I think if – here's the thing. If, if I'm the Warriors tonight, this is uh, put your foot on their necks tonight. They need to do it. And they, need, they need to prove that they are a dominant team. They need to stop. You know, the, the, you know, the last game was a little bit too close for comfort. I mean, they had to come back from being way down, which they're totally capable of doing. But, you know, if if there's anyone who can scrap and play, it's anybody who's playing on a Greg Popovich team, period. Sure. So, I mean, if, if they're able to scrap back and win this tonight, I think it's anyone's, uh, you know, anyone's series. But if the Warriors win tonight, I think it's prob- – I'm with Tim. It's, it's probably over with. We will find out. You'll know by the time you hear this. That's kind of interesting. So moving on to the East, Washington eliminated by Boston in Game 7. Isaiah Thomas played a hell of a series, and specifically a hell of a Game 7. The hero of the day, surprisingly, was Mr. Man Bun Kelly Olenek. But I I wanted to touch on what Washington did as they exit the playoffs here. So they're a team on the cusp. And I think we see this a lot with the NBA where we get a team who presents a lot of matchup issues. A lot of te- a lot of players may overachieve or just play really well together. And it may lead to different contracts from other teams or whatever. As we talk about roster continuity with that being said, we see this a lot where teams excel. And so do you see Washington going a step further and maybe hitting the Eastern conference finals next season or is this going to be one of those circumstances where this is just a brief open door? And Tim, is Washington going to make the ECF or are they going to be the team that ends up with 50 losses next year? I think they're going to be really good again next year. Um, the big question for them is what do they want to do with Otto Porter? Because he's coming up on that point where they're going to have to make a $20 million decision on him. And don't be wrong, guys. I like Otto Porter, but I think with this, with this free agent group, the Withers are going to be able to put that $20 million into a better player. So... Um, I think that, you know, if I'm them, I make a choice to move on from Porter. Not that he's not a good player, but he's just now showing signs of being a good basketball player for this team. And I think that this is a situation where if the Wizards can get some cap space there, that could really go and get that third piece to go with Wall and Beal. Because we saw it last night, um, you know, Wall and Beal were the team, basically. Don't get me wrong, Marcin Gortat played really well. But this is their chance to really go get that, that you know that extra piece because I really think they damn well could play for the Eastern Conference Finals next year. Yeah, I think uh, I think the Wizards uh, they need to like like Tim said. I think with Otto Porter they have a big decision to make right there. But I, I think it might be time to maybe look at another big guy. I think Gortat's better days are probably behind them. I think if they got somebody a little bit more mobile and we're in a we're in an era now where you know. Uh, all the other centers are spreading the floor and he's really not that guy. Mm-hmm. So I think if they had one or two uh, younger big guys, I think it'd be nice if they, they found somebody who could spread the floor a little bit for him. I think Bradley Beal and John Wall are the best backcourt in basketball. I mean, honestly, I really, really do think that. Now, last year, I thought it was Lillard and McCollum. This year, I think it's Wall and Beal. I think they they just gel really, really well. And... um they played a hell of a series, guys. They did. I mean, I mean that shot by Wall in Game Six was just cold. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, it was. I mean, it was really, really impressive. And they played a good Game Seven up until like the last quarter, you know. Uh, and Olenek just, uh, I, 
I don't even know about that. That was just some kind of weird <sighs> thing that happens. <laughs> the other happens not every once in a while, right? <laughs> the other weird thing about them is they're gonna have a huge decision with Ian Mahimi because he's got sixteen and a half mil that's due next year. So Ooh. yeah, Ooh. yeah, that's a, what you call a bad contract, kids. So that is. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think that uh, you know. They could very well try to get someone to make a deal there where they can uh, see if Simba can take a crunch of that contract for them. That can make things interesting as well. Because the big thing for the Wizards is, yeah, they have pieces now. They need to get some money to get another piece. And that contract really hurts them a bit. Now, Tim, you uh, you mentioned Otto Porter. Do you see maybe the possibility of Otto Porter as an option to maybe trade and move, move up a little bit into the draft, maybe into the lottery? Very possible. Um, Ship him off to somewhere else? Yeah, I, I could I could see that. I don't know if any top five team is going to really move that pick for him necessarily, but um, the Miami Heat's of the world could very well use an auto porter with that fourteenth pick. Um, sure, that's 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 more in the range I was looking. Yeah, sure. so um, I think he has very. I mean, I think he has the ability to be a very good NBA scorer, and I think you know if something does happen, him and JJ Redick could be two of the top scorers out there next year for agency. So, hey. You know what did I say a few weeks ago? OKC should get Russell out of scores. How about Otto Porter and OKC? That would be fun. Yeah. So, and now heading into the Eastern Conference Finals, where it is going to be Cleveland versus Boston is the battle of the ones and two seeds here. I would just kind of spitball on here. How would you feel if Cleveland put LeBron and Isaiah Thomas? It's probably their best idea. Yeah, they have to do that. <laughs> they don't have to. Did, it doesn't how matter. How quick does that in that series? It's it's. I mean, we give Boston. You guys probably probably a little bit more leaning towards the Celtics than I am. I give them that best. They win a game. I don't see how you know they can pull off a miracle, winning even two in this series. I get they get a home court advantage, but um, as we've seen in the past, since about you know LeBron really likes playing the Celtics in the playoffs these past this uh, this decade. Oh yeah. And, I mean, he's just in a whole other world right now. Yeah, he is. Yeah. With 10 days yeah, off. He is, he is, yeah, he is on another planet. I mean, he is, he is playing out of his gourd. Uh, I think Boston can probably probably steal two out of this just because they. I think they're going to come at him real physical. I don't know how much they have left in the tank from the Wizards series, but I, I will give this Cleveland in six. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you there just because Toronto was able to win two games and looked good in two games last year. So, you know... Maybe t- 10 days off is too much, you know? Oh, we're going to play but, that card? Come on. Yeah, maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe 10 days is too much. I don't know. So, you know, it depends. It really does depend, you know? You can get rusty, you know, in 10 days. But LeBron, not so much. So, but this is one thing I will say about this Boston team. They are an incredible group of overachievers. Yep. Okay, and... Literally, if Brad Stevens was not coaching this team, I don't know where they would even be seated in the playoffs this year. Like, I mean, I, I don't like if Fred Hoiberg was coaching <laughs> that team, that exact that exact group of guys, I don't see them going anywhere. Brad Stevens is just a great coach and they love playing for him and they are overachieving for him. But I mean... I mean, you look at the guys, there's no, I mean, besides Isaiah Thomas, there's not a star player on that team. No. There is no, there's really no reason they should be in the conference finals right now, except the East sucks. So, I mean, and now they just got the number one pick. So with that being said, 
let's move into the draft and the lottery reactions. So Ooh. the lottery, the lottery just wrapped up about maybe 20 minutes ago here. And the results were uh, going from 14 to one. I'll just rattle these off real quick. Uh, it is Miami, Denver, Detroit, Charlotte, Sacramento, Dallas, New York, Minnesota, Orlando, Sacramento. Again, Phoenix, Philly, LA and Boston. How do you guys feel? Anything anything stand out? Any pick in particular outside of the top three that gets you really excited? Tim, you mentioned Darren Fox, so do you want to talk about Minnesota at seven here? Yeah, I think um I you know, I think they like me should give up on Chris Dunn. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But <laughs> we all know that Minnesota likes to draft point guards, especially in two thousand you know, the year they took Ricky Rubio and Johnny Flynn in the same draft. Um uh, Yeah. But Hey guys, if we've seen anything being Bulls fans, we know Tibbs likes his fast, athletic point guards who can get to the rim with no problem. That is where I think De'Aaron Fox fits in really well there. Now, there is the possibility he could go before that, like Sean thinks will happen, like he mentioned in our opening. Um, you know, that, that 5-6 oh, yeah. range is very possible. That team, you know, taking a team like a, um, a Sacramento or a Philly who can fill him in there and really start and you know, get their point guard of the future to go with their young studs. But I think that the you know, a Minnesota situation for Fox would be absolutely perfect because you already have, you know, the guy who I think is the best player under 21 in the league, and you have you get a, a guy who is just also really just so freakishly athletic and really still coming into his own as an NBA player in Wiggins that those three could really be a really special young core to get things started for the Tibbs, to Tibbs era in Minnesota. Sean, any, any picks stand out to you that you like seeing? Uh, you know, I'm not a real big fan of, of how this, this all ended up happening today, actually. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed. I I mean, L.A. is going to get their man at number two. They they will 100% choose Lonzo Ball unless he gets in a car accident and loses his legs. Uh, so, I mean, like, they will pick him regardless of any circumstance. Philadelphia has the most interesting decision to make. Yes. And, um, you know, I, I'm already seeing on, like, NBADraft.net, uh, which is still my favorite draft site, which yeah. tells, tells you that I'm, I'm, I'm leaning on my 2005s real bad right now. <laughs> Dude, I'm, on, I'm looking so, at it right now. Uh, so, draft, uh, Express, draft Express, kids, we're, come on. We're, we're, yeah, we're, we're old men. We're on NBADraft.net. Um, I mean, they've got Josh Jackson going to Philly, which I, I think is complete bullshit. So uh, I'm going to say that I, I'm going to go ahead and say they're going to take De'Aaron Fox at the at the number three pick. I really think that's going to happen, um, especially with with Simmons coming back this year. Um, they're going to have to play him, and I I don't know if I like the fit though. That's the thing. I like. Uh, De'Aaron Fox in Minnesota is a much cleaner fit for um, for this draft because you know he's going to be able to provide some shooting and he's just he would gel with those guys. I don't know if he's going to gel with those dudes on Philly, but I I really think that's where he's going to end up. Here's why I disagree, only because okay. of this. Um, there is a lot of reports. Take it as you are. There is a lot of reports that there is a ton of mutual interest between Brian Colangelo and Kyle Lowry reuniting. Lowry going back to play in Philly, where, yes, it's probably not going to make a championship window open much sooner, but it makes a lot of sense to have an all-star superstar lead that young talent, and Philly will probably offer him a max. So that's the only reason I don't think they'll take Fox. 
Philly? Yeah, I mean, what, you see him dude, going to Philly? I say it's a possibility. It's, home, it's, it, it's, okay. it's a home state kind of suburb of a hometown kind of deal. Okay. Uh, and I also think, I mean, if you look at the scope of it, though, who, where else would you rather have a playoff seasoned all star veteran than at the point guard position for a young team like Philly? Very, very true. Very true. I agree. Uh, Tim, I know you you mentioned Darren Fox as your pick from Minnesota. NBA Draft.net and myself, actually, I was going to throw this name at you, Dennis Smith. I like him a lot. Um, I think he's a re- I, th- I think he has some Kyle Lowry comparisons, honestly, um, as far as his athleticism. So um, I like him a lot. I could really see Dennis Smith going to. Being one of the being one of those Kings picks, um, yeah. So I think that they really need a point guard. That's the thing that sucks about the trade is if New Orleans is in the top ten, if they don't lose that pick, they could have very well used that pick to get Dennis Smith. And that three of Boogie, Brow, and Smith would have been disgusting for a few years. Oh God, you're right. You're right. For for just just a few years because he's going right. to leave and go to Washington. So, <laughs> right, and Anthony Davis <laughs> That's going to happen. And Anthony Davis will probably leave and go to L.A. because we know he's not going home. Because why would he? God, that God, that would be so <laughs> fun. I would cry. I would cry grown man tears. I I like I like the Kings at five and ten. I also hate it because just given the Kings, you know, draft history and and their management history and, and what uh, have you. It's it's a situation where I could see them doing either really great or really awful and nowhere in between. Like yep. it's one of those things where I, I see them either getting like some steals or like bankrolling some European prospects that never come over. <laughs> that's, that's that's so bloody. <laughs> what is um what is draft.net half of the kings right now? Uh, they have at five Jason Tatum from Duke, I and like at ten too. Frank. Uh, I'm I'm assuming that T is silent in the link nest from France. Yeah, um, I'll tell you what. Who I think is really like kind of the um, the wild card in this draft is Jonathan Isaacs from Florida State. He's a very young, athletic, skilled player. Um, plays a, you know plays a three naturally, but can play a stretch to play a four. Can even go down to play a two if need be. If we saw Florida State until they played Xavier, haha. But um, I, I I like Isaacs a lot. I think he has the potential to be a really good NBA player. Uh, they actually currently have him slotted for Orlando. Oh well, I don't like him there. <laughs> I don't like. Why? Him. Why do they keep? Why do they keep getting forwards? They don't need any more. <laughs> God. Well, they're banking on Alfred Payton being their point guard. Which, well, sure, whatever. Um, you know what? You know he had a great year this year. He he did not. Ha- he he stepped it up this year. Okay, guys. I don't think I don't people like him. What because- you say? He, he's he's starting to shoot well. Finally, I don't think people like him because of his hair. It's just it's, it's weird. It's that weird point guard class of like Broder, uh Alfred Payton, and Emmanuel Moody, where all kind of were taken in that same area. And I just feel like they just are going to get lost. Either one of them's either going to pull ahead of everybody, or they're just all going to kind of get lost in the shuffle and passed up by another incoming point guard class. Yeah. And I just, I to me, they're not names that I constantly recognize with like, yeah, they're going to be fine. I think they'll be good. I, I don't think that they're going to be a centerpiece. So, I mean, with a team like Orlando, I I genuinely think six is an awful spot for Orlando to be drafting in. Me too. Yeah. But... Because I, I there's not a lot there, I feel, for them. What's up, Tim? The one guy I think would be absolutely awesome for Orlando, and yes, Sean, it does, it is a forward. 
freaking Lori Markinen from Arizona. He can be their center. He's awesome. He's so good. He's a seven footer that can shoot threes. Um, he is, you know, he's outstanding. Yeah. So uh, it's moving on here. I know we talked about. Uh, I kind of want to get into this real quick. Just get into the top three. A couple notes I have. Joel Embiid, man, what camera presence! He's God. amazing. He's great. He was great. Uh, just a few <laughs> few weird things I wrote down just to entertain you guys here because it entertains myself. Uh, I really appreciate how ESPN rubbed it in that Sacramento on the lower third has a zero point zero percent chance of the number one. Pick. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> and uh, I have I just have written down Walt. I hope they don't ask me any questions, Frazier. <laughs> because he was asked a question and he was just looking at her like, why are you doing this to me right now? My observation was when they showed Alonzo Mourning and he shook his head, I was totally waiting for him to do the infamous Alonzo Mourning uh, gif where he like shakes his head in disagreement, has a moment of realization where he's okay again. I, I was just wanting that so bad. <laughs> where, yeah, I, I saw it. I was kind of waiting for the same thing. Just like, a, oh, we're not number one. Well, we were 14. <laughs> so I mean percentages that makes sense that is that's my favorite gif in the whole world that, that, that is a good I still like the Michael Beasley knee rub yes <laughs> if, if we're doing basketball gifts that, that's that's my favorite where he's like oh I thought that was my knee uh, <laughs> so looking at the top three here and I'm, I'm sure we'll touch on some other stuff here within the within the realm of the of four through 14 but I do want to make sure we get on here because this is probably where we're gonna spend most of our time uh Philadelphia at the three pick so we talked about maybe Kyle Lowry going there in free agency. They have a really great young core. I think a lot of this is hinging on the health of Embiid and then the development of Dario Saric and whatnot. So, Sean, how do you feel about Philly at the three? And what where what would you like to see them do with it? Well, if this this whole Kyle Lowry shenanigans is true, I like it. I mean, you're right. I think I think them getting a veteran guy in there just to which they have, like, no veterans at all. I mean, they have Sergio Rodriguez, and he doesn't even count because he, he was, like, out of the NBA for, like, 10 years. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I, You know, I who's playing shooting guard for that team right now? Uh, Who was it this year? Was it Robert Covington? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Robert Covington's uh, three four, I think. Why not? Why not? Why, if, Someone if, in Philadelphia is just screaming at their computer right now. They <laughs> <laughs> just, just took their. They just ripped their radio out of their car and threw it out the window. <laughs> it's probably uh, uh, Jake from uh, Liberty Ballers. <laughs> yeah. How dare those assholes not contact me? <laughs> I would really like to see Philly go after Malik Monk if they can. Uh, I mean, he was probably one of the best shooters, you know, in this draft. I think if you don't have a shooting guard, I think he's a great addition. He's a little bit undersized, but there is no undersized guards at the at, at this time because everybody's undersized. I feel like so it doesn't really matter anymore. Everything's just re- been redefined over the last two years. So uh, I think he would be great. Uh, is number two if you if you have the 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 wink wink nudge nudge with uh, with Kyle Lowry if you think he's sure. going to come over you know we should do that um, but if not I I would go with De'Aaron I think De'Aaron Fox is uh, probably the most underrated player in this draft and uh, he was hella good 
in the uh, the tournament this year. He made himself so much money in the tournament, so much oh, money. Don't tell the NCAA that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I think De'Aaron Fox is going to be. I think there's in this draft there's a handful, but I think Fox is is one of like the upper echelon tiers of like instant impact players for next season. I agree. I like, I if, like that. Uh, I like it. If he's in, if he's in the right team, I mean, it's going to be yes. solely contingent. If he ends up in Orlando, obviously he's fucked. But uh, or New York or, but, or Phoenix uh, or Phoenix. I think I think Phoenix putting him with Booker. I, I think that'd be all right. I think yeah, but Phoenix, they got they got so dude. I don't know I what's was, going yeah, on with that. That was something Phoenix. I wanted to bring up. Do you take a point Let's guard and trade? It. Do you take a point guard and trade Bledsoe? I mean, if the options there, Phoenix, I feel like is like a team with a like, bit of an identity crisis. Yeah, they are. I mean, they got Tyson Chandler uh, holding, holding down their center for no reason. What Which year is, is it? I, exactly, exactly. I mean, I mean, and we have you know Devin Booker who's butting into this this star player. So I I don't know what you do. I don't know if you get somebody who's going to pass on the ball or you get another score. Honestly, I would rather see them get a someone who's going to distribute the ball to Booker more than take up more shots because I think you know Bledsoe is a like a drive first kind of dude. You know, I just I don't I don't like. I mean, they're both really talented, but I don't like the way they mesh there. Ooh, I just thought of Lori Marketing going to Phoenix, and I love it. Well, I mean, we got we got thirty six days until the draft, so a lot a lot can change heading into this. But that would that would be all right to see. I wouldn't hate that because uh, that that is something that would fill the a lot of the holes in Phoenix. Cause yeah, there's plenty. Uh, number two pick in the draft is going to surprise surprise to no one the los angeles lakers and or the los angeles lonzo balls mm-hmm. with his 500 so, shoe i uh, don't don't get me started on that guy just in general but right. uh so lakers number two pick pretty assumed probably going to be lonzo ball uh kind of rounding out their young core there how you guys feeling about it well, I think the comparisons to Jason Kidd as far as like coming out of Cal are very, very easy and very true. Um, I like Lonzo a lot. I think that he is uh, as, as a ball player. Obviously, we don't like certain things about him, more or less, you know, his elders. But um, I think that he's... I mean, dude just doesn't want to move. I get it. Right. Yeah, I get it, too. I, I hate moving. Yeah, I do, too. And, you know, um, what better way to make a name for yourself in Los Angeles? But... Um, Lonzo still has some stuff he really needs to get better at. One, when he plays uh, top-tier guards, he still has to be able to step his game up, i.e., like we mentioned, De'Aaron Fox, Markel Fultz. Um, you know, he didn't play great He didn't play great in his matchups against those two. Uh, but I think that he has a lot, you know, he has a lot of ability. He's a very good passer. You can see the court. He has amazing court vision where he can see the whole court in any situation. Uh, I just want him to step his defense up just a bit more because... If you look at this Lakers team when they draft Lonzo Ball and your starting five-year-old out there is going to look like D'Angelo Russell, Jordan Clarkson, Julius Randle, insert center here, which they have that 27th pick. Very well could be Bam Adebayo from Kentucky. Who the hell is going to play defense in that starting five? It's true. Sean, How you? what's your, what's your Lonzo stance with the Lakers? I mean, I, I think it's going to work out for them in the end. I think uh... – Clarkson might end up being kind of the the odd man out of that that group. Eventually, I don't. I mean, I know he's signed to a pretty reasonable deal right now, but 
Uh, I mean, they're going to have to start D'Angelo Russell at the two now. Right. And his first start at the two this year, he scored 40 points. So that's a good sign. Um, but, um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how well they gel. Uh, it is nice having, you know, a pretty uh, – having a, a tall point guard is, is awesome. And, uh, you know, I Lonzo Ball is going to be exactly what I wished Michael Carter-Williams would have become. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and he and Lonzo Ball will actually be that guy, and I I like it. I think it's gonna. I think it'll work out well. But if it doesn't, I'm gonna laugh really hard. Number one pick, Jimmy the Butler. Best team in the lottery that is combating for a spot in the finals has the number one pick in this year's draft, the Boston Celtics. What a coup! Right? Yeah. And all it cost him was Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. <laughs> The yeah. ghosts of those players, right? <laughs> like, they didn't even have to like mortgage their future for this. They they've built a very good core. They have a great coaching staff, and now they're just going to be added to the pile. So I'm going to raise this question to you, Sean. First, if you are Boston, do you draft with that pick? Do you bait with that pick, or do you just flat out trade it and give it to someone else who can probably use it more than you could, and just elevate your team with an already established player? I mean, if you're if you're going to trade it, you need to make off like bandits. And Danny Ainge does have a track record of doing that, so he could do that. But I, you know, I'm I'm very confused what they're going to do. I mean, it is kind of a draft the best talent. Fultz is probably the best talent in the draft. However, they already have a really good point guard right now, like probably the best little man who plays basketball in the entire world, and. And uh, they're like you said, they're in the conference finals. So, what do you do? Do you think Nez can Fultz slide over and play the two guys? What do you think? Um, I, um, yeah, I'm not sure. It's exactly. So, that, I mean, he's got he's six four. You know, he's an inch shorter than than James Harden. So, you know, I, it could make a very interesting backcourt. But you know, and. He could bring Avery Bradley off the bench, which would actually be awesome for them. You know, yeah. I think he, I think he's actually better suited as a bench player. He's, he'd be a really, really good bench player to have, and uh, it would be interesting. But uh, I almost feel like Boston needs to draft a ball and then try to trade it to the Lakers <laughs> and try to That's, get something. That, that from is them. how you reinitiate a young Boston LA rivalry. Yes, yes, and and I think I think they need to. Go ahead and draft him and see what they can pry out of <laughs> and just and just play their cards right. And you know what? Lonzo Bolt would go play there. And actually I think he's a better fit in Boston than he would be in LA right now. Well yeah, I mean, just looking at it, even and I think this works both ways with Faults or Ball and, and Tim, I, I wanna I want you to chime in on this too. But I think any opportunity you have to allow Isaiah Thomas to play more off the ball, you should probably take. And that's why you just trade a, it for Jimmy Butler. Right. <laughs> so is that is that so extrapolate Tim? I want to hear more about your take on what Boston should do with this pick. Okay, so the smart move really is okay. If we're going, to, if they're keeping the pick, they draft they draft Markel Fultz. They make it work. He is. You can't not take Markel Fultz with this pick. I, I Sean, I agree with what you're saying about Ball. I understand where you're coming from, but do we really think he's going to fit that Celtic culture? 
No way in hell his family's going to fit the Celtic culture. So, that's where Markel Fultz comes into play. And gee, who really needs a young point guard? Two teams. The Bulls and the Pacers. And oh geez, they have two superstars that you have very uh, franchise-friendly contracts where you can pair him with your star player already in Isaiah Thomas. So, if I am the Boston Celtics and the Chicago Bulls come a-calling and they say, hey... We really want that pick because Boston already has the Brooklyn pick for next year, too. So this is something where they can fall back and be okay. Um, you know, because Brooklyn's probably not going to be good next year either. So this is a situation where you can make that move. You don't have anything to lose by trading that pick, which will more than likely be Markel Fultz, to the Bulls to get a star already in Jimmy Butler to where the Bulls can really start their rebuild, even though Dwayne Wade will probably be a, you know, be a very smart veteran, accept his invite for his $22 million option and say, trade me. You know, I, I, I don't want to shit on your party here, Tim. Okay, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to do it. I just heard Sean's pants on zip. Yep. <laughs> Proceed. But, but <laughs> a little while ago, Casey uh, Johnson from the Chicago Tribune said that it was noteworthy when the Bulls and Celts had non-serious talks in February. The Celtics wouldn't offer this pick without protection. Now it's number one. They're not going to trade it. So I, I don't. We need to get that out of our minds. Just get it out now. Now, Paul George, that might be someone who could, you know. You know, actually, kind of get things going. I think, but uh, and I think he'd be actually an excellent fit in Boston. But yeah, um, I, uh, you know, I, I, I just, I really, really think they're just gonna, they're gonna go ahead and just draft faults. I mean, that's, I think that's their, that's their choice. You have to. I mean, he's gonna be a superstar, right? Yep. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. We, we always want these people to do well. But I, but I, I. I absolutely hates it. Go to Boston, period. Because, like I said, they're already they're already in the conference finals this year. You know, this is the same thing that happened to the Lakers when they drafted Magic Johnson. I mean, you know, they ended up uh, you know doing well the year before, and then they get the number one pick. Marco Fultz would have changed the Brooklyn Nets, changed them. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that but, you would have given Brooklyn something to actually like look forward to. I mean, that team. Around. That team is a complete disaster right now, and uh, and I hate seeing teams that are just completely gutter. And let me tell you something: the Nets are totally gutter right now. They just they don't have anybody, and they're screwed next year too. So it's like you know, you just keep sucking for years and years and years, and it sucks ends. You know, even though they're all over in New Jersey and probably not even driving over to Brooklyn. <laughs> Uh, the other thing I have uh, of, of note regarding the Lakers too here uh, is they do have uh, about twenty three million in cap space to work with as well. Yep. Yeah. So even if Boston, even if Boston pulls the dick move and drafts Lonzo Ball, the Lakers can you know have something to work with there because uh, that was the thing they noted in the pre lottery thing that if the pick fell out of the top three and went back to Philly, then L A was also going to lose the Magic pick or that their pick for next year or twenty nineteen was going to go to the Magic. Jeez. So, right? Wow. It was, what a fucking tangled web this whole thing was. Watching them trying to explain it when, uh, I forget which which team came up. I think it was Sacramento's fifth pick. And they were and they were trying to explain how, if that pick was, like, where that put Philadelphia, you just watch Joel Embiid get, like, confused and then really excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, 
I'm with you, Sean, and thinking Boston's going to just have to draft that pick because I don't think they're going to want to move it unless, I mean, 29 other teams are going to start calling Boston. Oh, obviously. yeah. Obviously. People and, are going to call him. People are going to call him. Yeah. Danny Ainge is shrewd, and he knows what he's doing. That's for certain. That's Always. the only way you can get a team in the Eastern Conference Finals and the number one pick in the draft. That's right. Well, I think that wraps it up for us on the Lottery Reaction Show. Again, this is the quarter three. It does post every Friday except for this week and special occasions on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you like that, you can head to quarter3.net where you can listen to all of our other back episodes of podcast. And until then, hail Hayward. <laughs>